Now, I'm sure you've heard the term handle it, like you need to handle it or even I need to handle this, right? Go handle it. You got to handle things. We've all heard that term. I'm sure we have. It's obviously a common term in the English lexicon. But it got me thinking recently because there's a lot of things that are, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things that, that people say, and that's one of them, that a lot of things that people say that they don't entirely know what they mean when they say it. And this is going to be a little abstract, but, you know, welcome to my podcast. That's how it works here. Um, when I say handle it or when I bring that topic up to you and I say, what does that mean, handle it? I think we use that as a catch-all term and as a bit of a crutch. Well, I need to handle this. I need to handle this. I need to handle this. It's too, it's too vague. It's too vague. And people love to throw the term around. Like, well, you need to handle that, don't you? You need to throw the term around. And apart from people's misconception of what handle it means, because it, it that will avoid and ignore the nuance of any situation that needs attention or some kind of action or something like that, because all action and all, um, you know, things that, that we need to do require a, a lot of sort of preliminary steps, right? Let's be honest. You know, we need that. We need to think, we need to acknowledge, analyze, process, make some decisions, test those decisions, uh, et cetera. And sometimes that can take three seconds and sometimes it can take a few days, a few weeks. So handle it. Well, you need to handle that. Oh, I need to go handle this or whatever. Yeah, that's vague. But here's where I think people need to start really considering what handling it means. Because like so many other topics that I like to bring up and I like to constantly remind myself because everything that I talk about on, on this podcast is a combination of um, things that I feel are important to try to convey to people and teach them, but at the same time, more to the point, and more importantly, is teaching myself and things that I've learned and the things that I have to remind myself of because I struggle daily with all kinds of diff different things that's very easy to, to talk about and very easy to say. I often say as a, as a mentor that it's very, very simple, if you will, relatively simple to, you know, uh, diagnose, if you will, someone's situation and then give them some thoughts, some advice. You're on the outside looking in, impartial third party, you know, things can be very, very, um, I don't want to say clear because you can never know the details, the micro details of someone's situation because you're not them. But sometimes the outside looking in, big picture, et cetera, can help with that clarity. And so it's easy to, to give other people advice is what I'm saying. It's very hard to give yourself advice. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say. But one thing that I have struggled with in the past and I've learned a lot more about just in the last year or two, and that I'm really trying to keep in my head all the time is the nature, is the concept and the behavior of handling it. But what I have found out is that everybody has a different definition of what that means. So let's, let's frame something. Let's say you have a situation. Uh, it, at this point, this podcast has kind of evolved beyond just artists and photography and business. It's now um, due to feedback. I've just left it wide open for just about anybody who wants to listen. <laughs> you know, I, I love the emails I get and the DMs sometimes you guys send. We talk about different things. Um, I love getting the suggestions and the corrections. Anyway, that's for another episode. But when it comes to handling it, people see things very, very differently. 
So if you say, hey, you have a difficult situation, you just need to handle it. Okay, I guess we're done here. Thank you. We'll see you next episode. Unfortunately, as we all know, it's never, ever that simple. It's never, ever that direct, or at least not usually, right? So let's frame something, like I said. Um, you have a situation where someone has reached out to you. Um, let's call it via text message on this one. You have a text message. And you know who this person is. This is not someone new to you. And the text message has some information that it's stressful for you. There's something stressful about it. You know, you're like, oh, man. Okay, well... I've got to respond and I've got to let this person know my thoughts on it. And you also know, let's just say that you also know that your thoughts on it, your opinion is not going to resonate well with the person. So in other words, you have to give them what they'll consider some bad news. Now, handling it. Hmm. Here's the thing. This is where it falls apart. Some people handle things by doing nothing. That's a problem, right? Some people handle things by immediately going in for the kill, immediately becoming oppositional and aggressive. Okay. Some people handle things by being passive and giving in and apologizing for things they didn't do. Some people handle it by panicking and freaking out. And invariably, if there's someone nearby, someone else is going to get involved because they're going to see the panic and they're going to be like, whoa, what's going on? How often do we handle a difficult situation with poise and reserve and reason? Now, we can't ignore the emotional aspect, especially if something is difficult. Okay, that means there's some kind of emotional aspect there. It could be, you know, somewhat emotional or extremely emotional, right? Um, so we can't ignore emotions, but we, how often do we put them in check and use reason and logic? Mm, my experience based on myself and my observations of others, not too often, not too often, especially when we have vested interests in something on an emotional level. We have some emotional stake involved in everything that's in question, and it's very difficult for us. And we don't let emotion be the secondary force. We let it be the primary force. And a lot of times that can lead us to problems. Not always, but a lot of times. So handling it means very different things to different people. But handling it as it were, how can I put this? <laughs> Everyone has a different um, approach to how they deal with a difficult situation. And I get that. Everybody has a different method. It's not necessarily a literal step-by-step, -step, but it's a different philosophy and vibe, aggression, ignoring, passivity, etc. Reason, just pure logic. Some people overstate things. That'll be me. I will overanalyze and, 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 you know, write paragraphs of text or speak for 10 minutes about something that probably I should simplify. But the problem is, is acting. Now we talk about the process of, of or the lack of action uh, in previous episodes about how oftentimes we do a lot of uh, deciding, deciding. Well, one topic we talked about was we have decided that our behavior is um, uncharacteristic of ourselves and even lacks dignity and character. And we know we don't want to do this anymore. But then we ignore that. We don't act on that. We don't, you know, we know, <clears throat> we know <laughs> that we don't like something that we're doing. But instead of acting to change it, we, we do nothing and it spirals, right? We do that similarly when we have to handle situations. We don't take action 
to fix the overall problem. We are generally distracted by the superficial problem, which is the problem of the now. That's not to say that the problem may not be extremely important. It probably is, but we don't handle the bigger problem. So you get the text message, anxiety hits, and you don't, let's say you, you don't want to respond. Okay, well, if you focus squarely on, I don't want to respond to this because the situation is stressful, so therefore it's over, that's only, that's doing two things. One is a problem that you're not solving right now, but two, you're also overlooking the bigger problem, which is this is your tendency. And so let's say you get lucky and ignoring this issue gets smoothed over for whatever it's worth. The person on the other side just gives up or they find another thing or another way or another answer. They, they otherwise are subdued with you ignoring them, basically. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good idea. But let's say that happens. Well, if you go and just wipe your brow and move on, there's your problem right there, right? A, a difficult situation that, that elicits some kind of trigger in you to be, you know, like I said, ignore, fight, flight, over-agree, over-explain. Those triggers should be, if you, if you really can, can concentrate on it, are giving you clear indication of the underlying problem. What is the underlying problem? Well, if someone texts you and you freak out on them and you start screaming at them and start yelling at them consistently, there's an underlying problem there. It's probably not that every single difficult text you get warrants a, a shouting match. It's There's something else going on, right? If every single difficult text you get makes you over-explain yourself, which is me, I admit that openly, then you need to check that. Because you might think explaining yourself is fine. Standing up for yourself is fine. Yes, yes. But like everything else on every other episode here, we always talk about balance because I think we as humans in a modern society, especially in America, love to be polarized. We make ourselves polarized. We are super, super kind and sweet and amazing and, 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 and positive and supportive, or we're a piece of shit and we're assholes and we fight and we stand up for ourselves tooth and nail to the death. And this is indicative of a lot of things, but in my opinion, mostly social media, which is the extremes get the attention. Your post about you won't believe what happens next. Can you believe this? The top 10, the most extreme, the fastest, the scariest, the meanest. The, there's always something that's on some level of extreme on the internet and on social media. And we also notice ourselves when we post things on social media that our extremes get the attention. Even positive extremes. Very, very kind gesture that's wow. But it's that middle nuance where we live in the gray areas about everything. That's where 99% of the world experiences living, experiences one another, experiences engagement, and just life in general. But we, we don't like that, do we? We get bored by that. That doesn't sell. That's not easy to package. So we're pre-programmed. We're pre-programmed with the idea that nuance and gray area is blah, and therefore we need extreme. And so that's how we tend to respond. And then we tend to justify it. Because you might think, you know, I have justifications and, and you know, reasoning for everything you're saying. For example, uh, if I yell at somebody because they text me something difficult, you know, that could be the 17th time they've done it and they're always rude to me and they're completely wrong and they have no like to stand on and I need to put an end to this now. And that's why I yell at them. Fine. That's fantastic. 
I'm talking about patterns, not individual actions. So if you say, um, well, Nino, every time, excuse me, this situation that you're describing, um, I'm countering it by ignoring it. Because frankly, I'm done being disrespected by this person. I'm done being disrespected by this whole situation. And I do not need to justify it or dignify it with a response. I'm standing up for myself and I'm setting a boundary. And I'm not going to allow that to control me. Fine. There again. Fine. But that's a single act or an act that might, you know, vary depending day to day, month to month, year to year. I'm talking about patterns. I'm talking about are you ignoring everything and are you fighting everything? Or are you fighting everything? Well, I mean, I know I understand everything varies. And the nature of the communication that you receive or the engagement that you encounter with somebody is going to determine a lot of your behavior. But we all have tendencies. And if your tendency is to ignore and your tendency is to fight or your tendency is to overexplain, how often are you succeeding with this method? Succeeding being getting a result that makes you feel good, but is also the practical result that you wanted, right? Those are two very, very important things. You can get a practical result that resolves the situation and assuages the other person's concerns, but makes you feel like crap, right? So if you try to get both, that's usually when life, the quality of life is at best. You've made a practical choice and you feel good about it. And that's another place where we have to check ourselves is feeling good about it is not necessarily winning. It's not dominating, right? At least it shouldn't be. It should be about finding a practical conclusion. Okay. We are way too emotionally vested in everything. And we do need to scale some of that back. How do I say that with such confidence? It's because A, we do have a small window into the world with social media. Small being because we're only being shown what people want to show. We're not literally diagnosing people and sitting down with everybody, but we are seeing a general behavior. A lot of times when I see people on social media, when I see the consistency of what they post, it tells me something about them that has nothing to do with what they're posting. It tells me something potentially about why they're posting it. And that gives me some insight onto them. And this happens a lot with my coaching students. I will kind of check them out, communicate. They'll tell me their social media. I'll kind of get an idea there. It's not necessarily stalking. Um, but it's about trying to understand where they're coming from. And obviously some people's social media is completely ambiguous and you have no idea what's really going on. It just seems completely innocuous and normal. That in itself tells you something as well. But when something is underlying that's difficult or um, pathological and some kind of stress or anxiety problem in somebody, it generally will show itself on social media because it's such an easy avenue to speak. Just like if you hang out with somebody that you just met, for an hour, you might leave that and tell your other friend, hey, man, how was it? I don't know. He, he seems cool. He's got like a chip on his shoulder or something. You know, you can tell that about people usually, especially if you're listening. So what I'm trying to do is listen to myself. I'm trying to notice my patterns. I'm making my journal every day. And that's another thing people talk about. And I have not mentioned it yet on this podcast, but I have been keeping a journal. It's literally on my computer, a little secure file that I have, and I type in anything, whether it's a journal entry for the day, here's what happened, uh, very descriptive, or just a random thought, literally a sentence. And this has helped me with my over-explaining because I, this journal is exceedingly long for how long I've done it, only a few months, but it is absurdly long, but it's therapeutic for me. And I found that 
by explaining something to no one, it helps me clarify. And then I can kind of, you know, consolidate and streamline this communication before I actually release it into the world, into whoever I'm trying to communicate with. I will over communicate in my journal <clears throat> and then I'll again modify it to put it out. That's helped me. But all of us, I think, have a slight tendency in a different direction. We've all experienced all of them. We've, we've exploded on people. We've ignored people. We've over explained on people. We've tried to be too passive and just be agreeable. We've all done all of those. But if there's one that really, really sends you in that direction over and over when you have a difficult situation, like a text to respond to, or someone literally is in your face asking a question and you're uncomfortable, or something you know is coming up, usually that's what happens. We have this dread that something is coming up tomorrow, today at 4 p.m., next Thursday. These things create some, some anxiety in us. And I get it. We, we, this is nothing new, obviously, and, but I get it that in this quote, modern world, I hate saying the term, but it's true. Um, if you look at the statistics, you look at the data where we are dealing with an inordinate amount of depressed folks, uh, people who are suffering from high anxiety and loneliness, um, and a sense of like bleakness and hopelessness. We have a, uh, an uptick on that across the board. I'm not asking you to look at news sources like the major ones on TV. And I'm not asking you to just scour over um, social media clickbait things. I'm talking about real data and I'm talking about real studies. And I'm also talking about observe. Unless you're just a complete hermit, observe, listen, really listen. If you look around, if you really feel what's happening in this world right now, the world is suffering. I know there's nothing new. And it's not to say that 10 years ago, everything was dandy. I'm not trying to be an idiot. But there's something acute about the level of suffering that we're seeing all over. Everyone is dealing with it. Now, everyone has a different level of it, and some aren't. That's a fact. But I believe, in my observation, that there's been an uptick of it. So what does that mean? All is lost. All is hopeless. Everybody's pissed off. So fuck it. Let's just, you know, burn this motherfucker down. No, those thoughts come into your head and leave. And that's fine. We have an episode coming up about all that. But it's not an issue of, or it's not a, a matter of giving in. And it's not a matter of, of fighting it. It's a matter of accepting it in a literal sense. This is where things are. But understanding that incremental steps, incremental progress is better than none. Obviously, those are annoying things to hear, but it's true. And that consistency over intensity wins the day every single time. It just doesn't feel it, right? When we're super motivated in the day to exercise or to create our art or to uh, talk to people or just spread positivity or to, to cook, whatever, whatever you want to do. If you're super inspired and the motivation is very high in the day, it feels like you're on top of the world. And, you know, what goes up must come down. Invariably, you settle back down a little bit. And if you're struggling of late, that coming down from those highs can feel very, very difficult. And you're like, well, it's hopeless then. And then when you have a day of actual progress or several, where it doesn't have the intensity of that day, you feel like there's no progress. But see, 1% every day means 10% in 10 days, but zero is zero. Again, corny, typical, you know, common advice, BS that you probably don't want to hear again, but it's true. 
So I tell myself that consistency over intensity. When I'm out there exercising, and I am trying to lately, trying to get back into it. I used to be a big fitness junkie and trying to repair all of that of late. When I'm out there doing it, I literally tell myself intensity, excuse me, consistency over intensity. And I understand that to be the case. It's very, very true. Um, because at the end of the day, really, that's what we appreciate in, in anyone that's um, admired. Literally, think about it. Break it down. What do we appreciate in people who are well-known and admired or simply someone that you know? Let's say you have a strong admiration for your grandfather, right? Known him all your life and you admire that he's kind, um, generous, uh, has good advice, um, always worked hard. Uh, whatever the case, there's a long list of things, but what are you really looking at? Almost certainly you're looking at the consistency of your grandfather's behaviors over time. Because if he was fantastic and wonderful, but also an asshole and mean and cruel, you wouldn't have the same admiration because that behavior would not be consistent. If he was 95% of the time, this amazing human being that was inspiring and helpful and kind, and just had the occasional moment of being human where he gets upset, you still see a consistent pattern of behavior. So that is what we appreciate is consistency. When we talk about an artist that we like their work, we appreciate the consistent practice that they put into it, okay? When we see somebody who is, speaking of, who's very, very fit, very, very fit, their physique is amazing. What are we really appreciating? It's not that heavy lifting session they had six months ago, it's the consistency of all the fitness. So consistency is very, very important. Uh, even on simple stuff that doesn't seem important. But if you go and see uh, anybody online in the social media sphere, if someone has been posting uh, educational content, artwork, or humor or comedy or something, and they just have this huge backlog, they've done it for four years or 14 years. But there's a lot of it. You go, wow, man, these guys have been at it for a while and they're still doing it. You have a certain sense of admiration for their consistency whether you realize it or not. And one of the reasons why is that humans are really bad about consistency. We're good at, you know, self-destructive things that are consistent for reasons that we went into another episode that we're going to talk about again in future episodes, but we're not very good at constructive consistency. Um, <clears throat> we can be the best at it. We can be <laughs> immeasurably good at it, but we tend to, to, to make it harder on ourselves unnecessarily. So that's what I'm saying. Consistency over intensity, because most of the people that you appreciate, respect, admire, and look up to are consistent. And it's not because of those crazy, explosive, intense days. It's because of their consistent days over and over and over and over. And that builds up. So that's what I'm trying to tell myself. When I handle it, I need to be consistent in how I handle it. You know, like in my case, I like to be analytical. I like to give myself some time if there's time to take, but I also like to handle it. I don't want to respond explosively. That usually ends badly for me. I don't want to ignore it. That will eventually end bad for me. Somewhere in the middle is the balance I'm striking or trying to strike. And that is pause. Don't respond immediately. Think about the situation. And it's not just a text, guys, whatever. Think about the situation or ask for time if you need it. If the situation can give you time in some manner or demand it, set that boundary. I understand what you're saying. Give me a bit. Let me get back to you. I'm going to figure this out and then get back to them. Don't buy time then disappear. That, that's crappy. So that's me anyway. That's where I'm trying to strike my balances between fight and flight 
um, or being overly agreeable. So consider that today. When you go to handle it, you actually need to handle things, but there's always an underlying message or potentially an underlying message in your response that tells you about the bigger problem, the bigger the symptom is telling you about the disease underneath. And that disease could be a trigger. It could be trauma. It could be just, you know, bad behaviors that you fell into. But if you can address that, then you can handle more and you can handle things in appropriate ways that are going to make you happy. And that are also going to solve the situations that are difficult, right? Again, uh, we have future episodes planned on lots of things. And one of them is going to be about handling things that are great and capitalizing on good situations in the best way possible because positive stress is a thing and um, scaling too fast is a thing. We'll talk about that too. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, thanks you for checking out the podcast every whenever. I, I, I do publish on the rigorous schedule of whenever I feel like it, but I'm trying to be a little more consistent. If you have any more feedback, i love to hear from you. NBP at ninabatista.com or find me on social media and harass me about some ideas there on DM. Thanks again.